The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Welcome to Hamofop. Yep, it's a Hamofop. That's right. I'm Will Anderson. Guest Charlie, Justin Hamilson. Hamilson. Justin, Justin <laughs> Hamilson. Bit, yep, big fan. Mark Hamilson. <laughs> Justin Hamilson yeah. is on the yeah. show. Not a, not a bad guy, actually. <laughs> right into sport. He's only been my best friend for 20 years. His name is Justin <laughs> Hamilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm too polite to correct you, so I've just been happy to go yeah. with that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I've been calling him Hamilton this whole time. Literally, his name yeah. is Hamilton. Yeah. I knew this day had come. Kept and introducing relief, me to, to his dad. He goes, my dad's name is Hamill. I'm like, you don't have it. Your dad left. Don't bring this. He's like, no, Mark Hamill is my dad from Star Wars. I am Hamilton. How's that for a twist? <laughs> yeah, he came to you one day Mark and said, Hamill. well, I am your father. How about that? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it makes sense. That would make you know what I love though, because they say that you know hurt people hurt people, right? Like a lot of the time that somebody who commits some sort of crime, it, often that crime was also done to them in their past. You know, it, it like yeah. And so I love the idea that Mark Hamill, like you know, has an illegitimate <laughs> son who hasn't. You've been in the suburbs of Adelaide, just moping yeah. around. I've got to yeah. go to Hitachi. I've got to go to Rundle Mall and pick up some comic books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a picture of me next to Colonel Light looking at my one son set. <laughs> All dressed in white. <laughs> it was hot time. I like this too because it feels like some of the people you surrounded yourself like in Adelaide, if you were the star of like a Star Wars, if they were going to use your life as sort of a Luke Skywalker style like origin story. Like, you yeah, know. I'd be R2D. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant that, like, Wheeler looks like a Star Wars character and, like... Oh, yeah, he's Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's Lemo? We've got who's two... Who's Lemo in this scenario? He's a Han, Han Solo. Solo. Han Lemo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Solo! <laughs> Next to Wheeler. That's <laughs> Chewbacca. You can see it. <laughs> Who else would need to be in this, then? Who else is in this, like... Adelaide Star Wars origin story. Well, the um, this will be a little bit in house, but we'll try to give her a broad explanation. But uh, our friend Fred has oh, to be Princess, Princess Leia. Leia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we won't joke at her expense, but good name for Fred and her time in Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. There's a bit of moxie that we need that will come naturally to the show. She'll nail yeah, it. Absolutely. She'd be wrapped with this. Yeah, she would. Absolutely. And be happy to change her hairstyle for the occasion. (laughs) Yeah. Are you ready for this next one? (laughs) Mickey D is Luke Skywalker. (laughs) So you've demoted yourself to R2T2. Yeah. In my own in my own movie. It sums everything up. It's a movie about me and I appear in four scenes. But they're pivotal. Okay, so who's the um, Obi-Wan Kenobi of this? Like, who was there an older, wiser advisor, you know, floating around at that time? No. Oh. 
<laughs> that, you know that. Look at me. <laughs> when, was it, when was the first time, though, that you maybe, like, who was your first older sort of role model? If you were going to look back and say if, if there's an older male role model, particularly in post, like in the comedy world maybe, or like adjacent oh, the to comedy the comedy world, world you know, because we're talking about people that at least mostly people know from the comedy world. So let's keep it in that world. Is there yep. somebody from the comedy world that gave you good advice or sat you down at their knee, you know, who's from a different generation? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll make it Richard Fardler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just realised they weren't questions. They were someone trying to lead me where you'd already gotten to. Yeah. You did pick that up. Good. Yeah. Because I didn't yeah. think you were going to. And I was no, like, no, no. someone made no. it from a musical group. Mate, I understood the movie Tenet. I understood what just happened then. I went forwards, backwards, and I'm back here again. <laughs> Yeah, Richard Fardler. Yeah. As Obi Wan. That's yeah. great. Dicky uh, Dicky One Kenobi. <laughs> Dicky One Kenobi. <laughs> oh, we don't have a C three PO. Uh so what what's C three PO's major defining characteristics? A bit of a like um well, what's C three PO like? A bit effeminate, right? Like that's how it was played. A bit British, sort of foppish. I've always seen of, it as foppish. Yeah, yeah, foppish. Yeah, yeah. So like a bit slapsticky, a bit Faux foppish. foppish. <laughs> <laughs> just us sitting around. Let's talk about tea. <laughs> just us wearing extravagant hats. Yeah, well, no one to can faux see. Foppish. <laughs> Um, so who would fit that if we're looking at someone who's a bit more sort of comic relief, I guess, as well? Like, you know, so a bit foppish comedy relief, a bit awkward, a bit gangly maybe. Um, this is a tough one, I reckon. Mm. This is a genuine tough one. I, you know. Well, with- you know what? Hang on. Are we thinking about this the wrong way? We're defining the characteristic of um, C-3PO, but you've identified yourself as being R2-D2. <laughs> And yeah. the thing that really C-3PO is, he's a double act with R2-D2. So right, right. it's got to be Damien from the Bunta Boys. Oh, yeah. Right? Right, he can, yeah. The, D, the D is for Damien. Yeah, great. R2- <laughs> so so now we've, we've... And what we've done is we've actually defined what is going on between mm. R2 and C-3PO. So we've always mm. seen it as C-3PO being slightly annoying while R2 mm. just beeps. But what R2 is actually saying is so fucking heinous. It is... Oh, it just has to be beeped out. Yeah, and that's why he reacts the way he does because he's a he's a he's a robot of culture and he's abhorring this language that is coming at him. You know what I love is um, the idea that George <laughs> Lucas reveals that the reason that he's beeped over R two D two is that R two D two just keep using really bad racial slurs. Oh my god! <laughs> we yeah. had to beep it out. <laughs> yeah, dialogue. Oh my god! None of it was usable. Oh, we just said riff, and that was the biggest mistake. Real horrible stuff. Yeah, so when you bang on about the Ewoks, mate, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, all I would say is it's not on Earth, but in space, Ewop is a very horrible term, oh, and he God. kept using it. <laughs> he walks out of work. I mean, I can't believe that no one at the Melbourne Comedy Festival has ever done a show. Is it called He Walks Out of Work? Surely there's got to be somebody who wants to restage Walks Out of Work but with Ewoks. Ewoks. 
<laughs> and now's the time to do it when those two cultural references are at their freshest. <laughs> yeah, finally. I'll do it as a one-man show. <laughs> oh, man. Hello. Hello, Justin. Good morning to you. It's morning. It's Saturday morning. It's morning. It is morning. Not that time means anything anymore, but... Uh... <laughs> it does not mean anything anymore. What is the... Um, Post lockdown uh, moment. What's when? Whenever that occurs, what's what are you going to treat yourself to? I don't think that's going to be the case. That's my current position. Is you're not going to treat yourself? <laughs> no. I, well, I think there's not going to be a freedom day. My gut instinct is that yeah, the situation where because I'm in New South Wales, you're in New South Wales. We're both in. Uh, Sydney, we're quite aware of the lockdown because it started pretty much the week we started pre-production on a new TV show. So that's it was amazing. Challenge. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was like, you know what's really hard? Uh, creating a brand new TV show. You know what we need to do? Make it just slightly more difficult. You don't need that audience or guests from places that are outside these three local government areas, do you? The last thing comedy needs is an audience, as we're proving right now. <laughs> One of my favourite things about doing the show without an audience is literally trying to make a cameraman laugh at a joke that he heard me say three times in rehearsal. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I, um, you know, not to be someone in the audience making it all about themselves, but wearing a mask and giving up laughter and making sure that it sounds fresh every time is exhausting. (laughs) Exhausting. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm buggered at the end like everyone I don't even say goodbye I, no. I realised the other day I just stood up and walked off and I was like two thirds of the way home and I was like did I say goodbye to anyone yeah, we all out. understand that half of us haven't met each other I wouldn't recognise half of the people I've worked with for two months if they oh. took off their mask I want to ask people to like put what the rest of their face is on the outside of their mask so I can know what they look like in real life. Yeah, it'd be really helpful, actually. Could you just get like a laser print of the rest of your face and put it on the outside of your mask? I do like the idea of that because then when you talked, you'd look like an inverse of clutch cargo. It would be fantastic. But um, So one of the things I wrote down that when I knew we were going to do this was... uh, So sorry, just before we get to that, so my theory on the lockdown and what the oh, yeah. first thing I'm going to do is right. that I unfortunately think because of the situation the, the, today when we're recording this there's over a thousand cases again there's no way they're getting back to a COVID zero situation I don't think and that means that they're going to at some point in the vaccination schedule they're going to say to people you can go back and get haircuts you can go to a bar if you're vaccinated you can go and do a show and stuff if you're vaccinated but for people like me who so many people rely on for work. I, I take that as a really heavy responsibility. Even if in a month's time they say hey, 70% of people are vaccinated, but there's like a thousand cases in the community, but we're going to let you go to hairdressers and go to restaurants or go to the movies. I'm not going to go. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not going to. I, I just can't risk the livelihoods of all the other people who work with me and work for me by there's a guy who's meant to be playing in the footy tomorrow yeah. Who, who went to a shopping centre and had a tier two exposure and now he can't play in a, you know, a, a footy final on the weekend. Like yeah, he, he right. didn't do it. I mean, he was just going to get his groceries. Like I'm yeah. so paranoid. Like if it's not a zero situation, I'm not going to be at the point where, like I think there will be people back doing things and going to things. And I'm nervous about that idea of do we do show? Like, I mean, if we don't get to a zero situation and we're just going, oh, well, we're going to just you know, vaccinate and get on with our lives, which, you know, I guess at some point we have to, but I just think the point we've 
put in for that is much lower than the point that I would feel comfortable with. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. I, I agree with all of that, but yeah. it just depends on what's on at the cinema. I mean, I, the thing about – if I maybe I would just book it out. <laughs> or maybe oh, yeah. I would just book all the seats around me. Well, no, you know the cinema is actually, uh, according to this uh, scientist I was listening to, yeah. was actually a good way to, like – keep community because you go in you're wearing masks we discover it's not uh you don't get it off surfaces and everyone just looks forward and no one's talking and it would actually would have been a good way to kind of keep a level of community sort of still going as opposed to a restaurant where you're looking opposite each other and yeah talking and spitting and you know doing all sorts in each other's faces i understand what you're saying but in my head i'm like oh yeah but the problem with that is that um if I want to go and see a movie to cinema, I'd really like to get stoned. And if I want to get stoned, I can't drive to the cinema. And then I'd have to get an Uber. And I don't know who's been in the Uber. And now I'm starting to freak out. And then I'm like, well, I want to eat popcorn. And I can't eat popcorn through a mask. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have gotten stoned before you decided you were going to start making these decisions. You should have made the decision and then worked out, how am I going to get stoned? But you started at the end, got yourself paranoid, never left the lounge. Started with the most important bit and then just was like, I'll just stay here, watch something on Netflix. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Kill more guys. <laughs> okay, so you wrote something down. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I... Oh, no, no, there were there were two things. One was uh, getting back to your not recognising people mm. uh, aspect of life. The uh, I've realised that Zoom faces are now the best way to really know a person as opposed to actual photos because we all know what our best angles are and what works best for us. And even if you don't really care, you'll still go to a certain way that makes you look as best as you can possibly make yourself but zoom faces everyone's so fucking over it no one gives a shit and some people have the zoom coming up at them like like james collie makes me laugh because he's one of the nicest people you've ever like introduced me to but with that mustache and the angle and the light behind him i'm like who is that dastardly scientist what is he getting up to you know yeah absolutely james <laughs> collie who's head writer of question everything <laughs> one of the nicest people on the fucking planet super talented hilarious guy and of a generation that understands and is able to use technology yes like, i mean the construction of this show they're all i mean every time you know they have some new thing we're like you know we're putting it in a slack stack i'm like oh fuck i was willing to learn about misinformation but i didn't know that i'd have to learn how to yeah. use some new app like, yeah i and, refuse well all these people know how to do these things all these brilliant young people but james collie still is operating on a like your your mum-in-law's system of how to use FaceTime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like real really too funny. close or different <laughs> angles or like. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, the other day when the light was uh, behind him and I was like, did I just vague out and he was telling me, and this is how I'm going to launch my missiles. And it's okay. It's only going to destroy the places I want gone. Yeah, he's, he's almost too obvious a villain. Like yeah. he's one of those guys you'd introduce at the start, which I guess is a bit James Colley. Like you go, oh, that guy's definitely the villain. Look at that mustache and the way the camera yeah. is angled. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, no, he's not the villain. That's the reveal. He's the actual nice guy who's been working behind the scenes to yeah, make it all work Yeah, he's just bad with his camera. Yeah. <laughs> he's just bad he's with angles. really work out that camera technique, man. <laughs> Even says that when he's trying to pick up women online. One of the things I've loved about um, there's a show called AFL 360, um, which is like on uh, the, the AFL channel, basically, oh, yeah, yeah. right? Fox Footy. And um, 
so it's this Who, night. Who's that again? Well, it's normally a Jer- Jared Waitley and yes. Mark Robinson, but Mark Robinson is ill, has been ill for a month or so. And so oh. uh, Jason Dunstall, Nick Rewalt, oh, yeah. a whole bunch of like, you know, sort of footballers roll through the panel. And they also have regular segments where they interview the players and the coaches. There is, because of obviously the nature of the world we've been living in for the last couple of years, no one's in the same studio. And so what you get is a real insight into exactly what you're talking about, but through the eyes of AFL coaches, which of them care about their vanity and their setup on the Zoom and like what the microphone sounds like and which of them are just like, I've seen some of them clearly have just had the iPad like stacked on books and it falls down halfway through the interview <laughs> and they're having to grab it and keep talking about the weekend's game plan. Like it's, it's almost the most entertaining part of the season. Ah, oh, man, I actually would have watched it just for that. That's fantastic. The uh, who's been who's been the big surprise uh, from a vanity point of view? I mean, I'm not going to say a surprise from the vanity point of view, but there's been something about. Uh, so, do you remember the Scott brothers? So, Chris and Brad Scott. Yep. They played for Brisbane. They were notoriously tough footballers, and then yeah, were they uh, the Brad, Bruce brothers or something? Yeah, and Brad went and um, uh, one day when I, I think uh, Nick Rewalt might have had a busted shoulder, they yeah. went over and bumped him and stuff, and he cried. And yeah, they, they always had like yeah. a very tough reputation. And so then Brad, they're twins, and Brad went to coach North Melbourne for like a decade. And Chris has been coach at Geelong, and he actually has the highest winning percentage of basically any coach in the history of the AFL who's coached for you oh, know right. a certain amount of games. He's He's winning win loss percentage is incredible, but they he's only won one one premiership with them, and they've right. just got this really weird. They've lost like seven of eight of their first weeks in the finals and stuff like that. So right, anyway, notoriously a bit of a tough guy, but during this lockdown period, has like grown his hair long, grown a beard, got a bit of a tan, like really talking about guys who've taken a villain turn in their look. He has gone yeah, full villain, like, you right. know, Miami drug-dealing villain. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And then and who's gone super tidy? Is there someone who's gone the opposite? Now, um, oh, I think most of the others have stayed pretty much um, like as they were. Like it feels to me yeah. like Chris Scott's the one that's had the biggest. So I'm going to see if I can find... Um, some images here. So, okay, I'm going to like drop into the message box if I can find out where that is, but I'm not like a young person, so I don't actually know (laughs) where it is. Chat, that'll be it, right? Okay, good. Okay, so I'm going to send you a picture of what it used to look like. So this is the the picture, hopefully, hang on, who can see your messages? Everyone, yes, all right. Sorry, it's taking me a little bit to do this. Someone someone needs to cut this out and use it as a ringtone. Yeah, okay, now let's see if I can drag that into, oh, why? Won't that drag into there? Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Surely I can do this. No, that's not working. Okay. All right. Nope. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't think it doesn't seem to be letting me drop in a photo. Ah, anyway. All right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just in case everyone is uh, has like vagued out at the start, that was not a part of a sex tape that you dropped in. That was you trying to make chat work. 
I was so trying sounds. to, I was so, tr- so trying to drop a photo into chat, which I'm sure you can absolutely do. I yeah. just did not work out how to do it. No, it was worth it though. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't it? What else is going on? I mean, what else is going on? Um, so, what else is going on? You said that oh. you made a note about something. Oh yeah. So I came up with. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of. Uh, 70s movies recently mm. and uh ones that i've never seen before okay. uh, a couple of a couple i've seen but only once or twice anyway every, everyone wants their multiverse you know like uh, that seems like at first everyone wanted a universe now it's going to be a multiverse and all of that kind of stuff so i started to think what would be some a really bad idea is what would be some fun movies to try and put into a multiverse mm-hmm. that they could all team up into one film at the end? Love it. And so far, I have Saturday Night Fever and Rocky appearing in the same universe. And when he's got the poster of Rocky in his room, it's not from the movie. It's a photo that someone took at his fight. <laughs> so there's our, there's our first kind of little connection. I mean, I think those two worlds could absolutely exist together. Like, yeah. I mean, those movies have similar tones. I mean, some might argue they're the same movie. One's about boxing and one's about dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're both trying to stay alive. It's great. <laughs> I mean, even the remix of the soundtracks would be amazing, right? Oh, you've yeah, got the Rocky themes. You've got the yep. Saturday Night. I mean, the BGs doing an a cappella version of the Rocky theme. Oh, my Lord. Come on. Take me back in time. Let's make magic happen. That would be amazing. Okay, so what's another movie that could be in that universe? Because I can definitely see, like, you know, Travolta knowing Rocky, Rocky knowing Travolta, Travolta ending up at some sort of, like, disco club. I can see that scene. I can see the opposite of, like, you know, Travolta's character ending up at, like, a, you know, ringside or a Rocky match or whatever. Like, yeah. all that all that makes sense to me. I can see that. So how do we then extend this universe? We've got a couple of tentpole stars, Sylvester Stallone. Right. John Travolta, like we've got right. a little mini universe that we can populate. Who else do we need to put in it now? Now we're going to mix in some character, like yeah. some heavyweight character. I reckon it is uh, The French Connection with Gene Hackman and Roy Scheider. Oh, yeah, okay. So I don't think I've seen The French Connection. So, you know, um, cops doing shit, trying to get stuff done, both on the edge, you know, that kind cops, of thing. Good cops, bad cops. Are, uh, they like, are we on their side or are they kind of like. Like they're yeah. anti-heroes. Yeah. Like okay. Gene Gene Hackman is a his character is an anti-hero. Right. Like, are you saying you know, we've got some sort of Suicide Squad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to do. I want to amalgamate all these movies into the one universe and then ruin it <laughs> with the big team up. That makes absolutely no sense. And then I'd drop in The Exorcist. <laughs> so, oh yeah, good. Yeah, a bit of supernatural. Doctor Strange yeah. style, the Exorcist. Yeah, yeah right. Um, yeah, aesthetically, I, I, this is all holding up, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, like I can definitely see like a priest character. Like, you know, that makes sense. Like, you know, somebody who's doing exorcisms. That seems like a a superhero team up world. You introduce the supernatural or the spiritual or ruminations on religiosity and those sort of things. Like, I get that. You've got the world of like you know Rocky, who's kind of just the the ordinary man who's got like, you know, superhuman like tenacity and fighting skills. Like he's Captain America without the super serum, you know? Yeah. And then you've got like, you know, John Travolta's character from Saturday Night Fever who, what's his like, 
if we were going to like, you know, assign them all sort of superhero features, where does he fit into the universe? Like, what he, is he? He's like Spider Man. Like right. he's he's got all these <laughs> skills and powers, and he just doesn't quite fit in, and he's stuck. You know, he can't get out of his kind of suburb kind of thing. But he's not. He, but he's a bit different to Peter Parker. He's not. He's not very smart. No. <laughs> so he doesn't know how to get himself out of it. But. But I mean, I guess if you know, if your Spider Man is your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, then he, yeah. he is definitely sort of a product of the neighborhood. Yeah, your friendly neighborhood disco dancer. Yeah, disco man. <laughs> your friendly neighborhood, your stupid neighborhood disco man. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> so, uh, and then we're, we're going to need a Thanos, right? A big bad. Yeah. So this is where Who's I drop in. Who's the biggest, in. baddest of the 70s? I'm dropping in Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I love it. So, Rocky, Tony from Saturday Night Fever. That's that's pretty good. Popeye from The French Connection. (laughs) All team up (laughs) with the father from The Exorcist to take down a demonically possessed Travis Bickle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because we've got the supernatural stuff as well. So, he's like a demonically possessed taxi driver. (laughs) Are you talking to us? Yeah, yeah, as his head spins around. (laughs) We're like, we're not sure your head is spinning. Who are you talking to? Like, if you just look in the direction of the people you're talking to, we will know if you're talking to us or not. I'm looking at all of you. (laughs) It's making, for some reason, a comical noise, which is kind of diffusing the moment. Yeah, yeah. De Niro's brought in some of his bad grandpa stuff. He's like, we've got to put some comedy in. Oh, no. Not now. But how's that? How's that for a... That finishes phase one beautifully. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) We just go back and reconnect them all, turn them into right. <laughs> interconnected universes. Well, basically, what you could do is just go back and CGI. Like they'd, they'd have the capacity now, not the oh. whole, not the whole movie, but just like yeah. a scene in or a post credits. Post credit. <laughs> so you just go back into the credits and you edit in a little post credit that is like a link between the two universes. That'd be a good TV show, a, a, a two-minute TV show <laughs> once a week, post-credits, that just interlinks two movies that you never thought went together. That were part of the same universe. <laughs> All part of the same universe. E.T. and The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I did not realise you were drinking when I said that. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. That's, yep. a, that's a fun idea. So they're my thought processes in lockdown. Hmm. How can I link all of this? <laughs> I mean, that is the point we're at. I, I'm one of the things I've noticed in my neighborhood, it's hard rubbish. Must be like in the next couple of days, the hard rubbish collection must be coming. But normally there's about a week between when people start putting stuff out and then when the hard rubbish is coming, I normally find. Because I never know when the hard rubbish collection is. I only find out when it is when other people start to put things out on the street. And so and people good, put out stuff now too. Like it's insane. Like well, patios. <laughs> I, I, th- I think there's a real sense of everybody's been at home staring at shit in their house that they don't like. Yeah. Or they've been in the house and they go, I've been locked in this house for months and I've never touched that thing. We don't need that thing. Right? Yeah. And so I think there's a real element. As I walk around my neighborhood, there are po- I've never seen so much hard rubbish. It's almost right. as if everyone's just moving the insides of their house outside. 
Yep. Like, they're like <laughs> we've heard that we can meet five other people outside. Uh, yep. yep. We're going to put our couch on the nature strip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but I do think it is also, yeah, a product of people just going, okay, I've had, like, I'm in, locked inside my house. I have nothing else to do but sort out my shit. So I did it last night. I went through the kitchen cupboards and I, like, cleaned and sorted all the, like, because, yeah, we haven't been living here at the place and there's been other people here and you know things just accumulate or get in different positions or whatever so and you know people who are staying in your house don't ever tend to take out the pots and pans and clean out the cupboard those sort of things so yeah i decided last night i was going to clean out the bathroom cupboard and the kitchen cupboard and i reckon i threw out 60 percent of the stuff so yeah right yeah, right i was like it feels good too doesn't it i mean there was stuff at the back of the bathroom cupboard <laughs> that i right. just couldn't even identify like oh i was like God. maybe this used to be a soap or it's a yeah. lump of something that's joined together <laughs> i don't know what this is it's a uh, clawson's twin brother you that you always wondered what oh. whatever happened to him must have, have crawled back there to get something <laughs> door closed <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I know we don't talk about Clawson's twin brother anymore. <laughs> no, sorry, we're meant to just pretend he never existed. Never existed. Yeah, got the continuity wrong again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, there was um, a couple of years ago. There was a uh, something happened with a show that I was doing, and uh, something went wrong, and I only had a little short amount of time to fix it. So I rewrote these shows, and then I had to. I'd done the hard work of rewriting them all in a six-day period, and I loved that. But then I had to start memorising it, and I could oh, yeah. not be fucked. Just could not be asked. I'd already done the hard work. And uh, as time went, so it was getting more and more stressful, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And then in this moment of absolute mania, over the course of four hours, I took down to goodwill 60% of my CDs, a whole lot of Blu-rays, clothes, just a whole lot of shit, found stuff, posted stuff to my friends' kids and things like that and cleared out the place and then suddenly just looked around, exhaled and went, all right, now I can start memorising, and it felt great. <laughs> so I think there I is that. something in that. I mean, I have still a whole bunch of CDs and DVDs up there, and there, there is some – in fact, there's two things that I don't have in my house, which is a CD player or a DVD player. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> some of them I'm not going to throw out anyway because I, I do just want to hold on to them for sentimental value or whatever. They remind me of a part of my life. But um, it does – like there is part of me that's just like – even last night when I was going through the, the the kitchen cupboard, for whatever reason, we have more strainers than we have things to strain. Like, right. <laughs> just I've, we've got like six strainers, like of various sizes and dimensions. I've only got like three saucepans. I don't know how I'm straining six different things at the same time. Like uh. the strainer also being one of those implements I've only ever needed one of. Like I've right. never like normally you just strain something and then you dump it in something else and use the strainer again. I've never gone. You know what I need? Five more strainers of yeah, various yeah, sizes. Yeah. Is it that that sounds like I've, I've for some reason got four copies of Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey on Blu-ray because I must every time I see it on special thing. You know what? I should get that. I quite like it, and I've done that four times. So is that you with strainers? It must. Oh, you know be. what I need? I need a strainer. <laughs> but you're not remembering the rest of it, which is ha ha. No, you don't. <laughs> I, you know what I think it actually is? <laughs> no. It's buying uh, sets of cookware, right? Uh, of course. And so right. if you buy a set of cookware and it's like a couple of saucepans or whatever and a frying pan and a, like, strainer or whatever, that might, might be the set. 
here's what I might eventually like use enough or like, you know, burn one morning or like whatever it is that you have to throw it out or get a new one. Your frying pan, your saucepan, yeah. right? Yeah. Here's what over apparently 15 years I have never worn out. A strainer. A strainer. Yeah, never. <laughs> so every time you get a new thing, it comes with a new strainer and that strainer just goes in with the other strainers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is like 32 years of strainers for you. <laughs> Makes sense when you put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that they need to start – I reckon they're making their money on the strainers is what I'm hearing because right. – the strain, they should actually message you when you go to buy some new, like, you know, a set of new things and go, hey, mate, check in your cupboard. I bet there's right. a strainer in there already. That's all <laughs> yeah. you need. Yeah. Like, oh, there's six of them. Well, you, are, you never need to strain that many things. You are living alone by yourself in a house. What are you straining, mate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, how many did you throw out? Didn't. Kept them all because they're all in pristine. <laughs> yeah, right. They're not ready to go out and hard rubbish. Look at these strainers. They look amazing. <laughs> Just, I guess that's also perhaps why, because I did throw out a saucepan that was ruined and I threw out a couple of other things, but the strainers are all still pristine. perfectly good pristine strainers. Yeah, <laughs> because like... they, they probably on average work once every seven months. So I just stacked them all in together. So now it's yep. like a babushka doll of strainers in my cupboard. <laughs> that means the bottom ones are never going to get used. You'll only keep using the top one. I don't think any of them are ever going to get used. To be honest, like I must admit that most of the time if I'm straining something, I am a, because if I've been using the lid of a saucepan to like, you know, like, I don't know, cook some vegetables or whatever and I want to strain out the water, I am a big believer in the just like, you know, use the lid to create a little straining opportunity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. A little strain hole, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need to bring in a whole new implement yeah, for something yeah. that the implements I'm already using perfectly suffice. Yeah, right. Strain hole is two words you never want to hear together again, <laughs> oh aren't they? God. I was so constipated. I was just bursting your strain hole. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's uh, it's just delicate around there, so it's hard to knit the flesh back together. That's <laughs> oh, the yeah. problem with the strain hole. Nothing worse That's than why a clogged strain hole. Oh, you, like, you don't come back from it. Not for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I um, also discovered in the bathroom cupboard some like a few cleaning products that were in the last about eighth. So there was a, like a about three sort of bathroom cleaning products that were all, <laughs> you know, not completely done. Yeah. But so close to being done. And so... So get, let, let me guess, like, like a fucking legend, you put them all in one bucket put some hot water in there, closed the door and cleaned and had a really crazy chemical high. I mean, you are 95% right. <laughs> so didn't put them in a bucket because they were all spray, they were all spray like, you know, things. So yeah. like your Windexes and like yeah. Cle yeah, bathroom cleaner and those sort of things. So I sprayed the entire bathroom. Yeah. I said, I'll just soak, <laughs> just give it all a good soak. Oh my God. And then I thought, you know what I'll do? I wiped like off the mirrors and those sort of things. But then like the shower area, the bath and the shower, I thought I'll just spray the shit out of all this. And then when I have a shower, yeah. I will like 
you know, wash it all down. But because yeah. I hadn't sprayed on the normal amount, you might do that. I just like tried to empty out these things so yeah. that I could throw them out. I got in the shower and I had to open the shower curtain because I was like, I'm going to die. They're yeah. going to find my body in this bathtub. And I'll be like, what was it that killed him? And then I'll see the three empty bottles like strewn on the floor, like, you know, like like next to like an alcoholic in a movie where there's yeah. empty bottles all over it, but it'll just be like a bottle of Windex and a bottle of yeah. like organic bathroom cleaner. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. That is, um, I've, you know, I make fun of it because I have done it. <laughs> and it's, it is, it's like, well, if I just get rid of all of this now, because in the back of your head, you're also thinking, I'm going to have that really sad, satisfying moment of throwing it in the recycling and uh, it'll just clean up that little part of the shelf over there. Fantastic. Let's spray it all. I'll get in, have a shower and holy shit, I'm either going to die or I'm going to have superpowers. Like it's not going to, either way, it's going to be a burden. Yeah, it was one of those things that um, I was like, I remember just standing in there having the realisation that this is could be how it all ends. Yeah. And not doing anything about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just going, oh, well, I guess, I guess this happened. is how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got to be honest, uh, thought there might have been a little bit more to it, but also not surprised. <laughs> no. Not nice. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, I was just remembering it was the last lockdown that I went to cook myself something one night. Uh, and then, you know, turned on the gas, went to do the cooking. And I thought, ah, I can't be fucked. I'll just eat salad. Ate some salad, went to bed, and then had this hideous nightmare where I was sitting in a dark room at a long table. And at the other end of the table was Gary Oldman dressed as uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And he was eating a, a bit of meat and he looked at me and he said, you can always tell how your enemies are going to eat you by the way they cook their meat. And he put his fork in and put this kind of raw meat into his mouth. And I woke up going, fuck, that was intense. Like, what was that? And then had a little sniff and I had left the gas on overnight and then had to dress and le- open all the doors and creep out of there before I <laughs> went up in a ball of flame. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how like how amazing is your subconscious that like look, if I'm picking nits, I would have preferred it just said, mate, you left the gas on. But if you're gonna tell me through the power of metaphor and dream logic, that was pretty good. <laughs> well I think like I, I think it go a step further. That's how Francis Ford Coppola came up with the idea. Oh right, yeah. Like, one night he was at home, he's left the gas on. <laughs> yeah. thought, I don't know, I had a vision. I had a vision. Gary Oldman is Dracula. Yeah. And they're like, Francis, I think you just left the gas on overnight. No, no, no. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. No, he did. He did leave the gas on. <laughs> um, yeah. Johnny Depp as Gary Oldman's uh, Dracula, though, is such a funny, um, like, that to me is, you know, when they get AI to write a Beatles song and it sort of sounds like a Beatles song, but it also sounds like something desperately trying to capture heart that it can't do. And Johnny Depp has Gary Oldman's Dracula feels exactly like that. My AI brain not quite making it work. I feel like a lot of Johnny Depp's acting is like that. None of it's like real acting. It's all slightly detached from... 
And it's why, like, when it's good and the character suits that, like an Edward Scissorhands or whatever, like, it really works for the part. Yeah. And I think even in, like, a Donnie Darko or whatever, his sense of not belonging in any real world actually works because he's playing a character that, like... Oh, Donnie Brasco. Donnie, what did I say? Donnie Darko. <laughs> I always... You know what? Not the first time I've done that. No, no, like often no when but it I makes mean sense. Donnie Brasco. He was the rabbit. We all know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who framed Donnie Brasco? <laughs> yeah, who framed Donnie Brasco? That movie. They're all connected in my <laughs> world. Donnie Don- Darko, <laughs> Donnie Brasco, it's and who framed Roger Rabbit. rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> are all part of an extended universe. <laughs> the Bunnyverse. You guys know that, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But Um, he is detached in that And he's really good in that as well Yeah, he's amazing It's one of my favourite ever performances of his But I think Underrated Pacino too Yeah But the reason that um, I think he works Is because he does But when he doesn't work Yeah It's because of that same thing for me That he can't find an attachment to the universe that he's in You know the first time the, the wheels started to feel like they were falling off was when he turned up in the so-called sexy movie The Tourist uh, with Angeline Jolie and you saw the press photos and you went, um, did, like, did he know he was going to make a movie? Like, it, it, doesn't this look a little bit off-season? <laughs> you know, he just kind of, just wasn't, like, it, he suddenly looked like what you're describing he is emotionally, which was not there, just not there, just, you could have, Cut him out of another movie and put him in with that performance. I mean, I'm not the first to say it, but um, I feel like something went wrong with Johnny Depp at some stage. My big theory yeah. is that when Hunter S. Thompson died. Yes, I, <laughs> sorry. Can I give you my real theory so then you can follow up with this? So my, my, mine is also a real theory. I don't want yeah, you to dismiss no, 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 my no, no, theory no. of what happened. This is all the theory universe. And Amy thinks in. that I don't believe in anything. That's her big thing. She goes, you don't believe in anything. Like no, whenever we're true. talking about ghosts or whatever, but I do believe in one thing. This. That when Hunter, <laughs> okay, you do your okay. one and hey, then I'll go to what I truly believe. My theory is very short, sharp and sweet. It is you're only meant to be a certain amount of famous. Some people uh, deal with being really famous really well and some people don't, etc. I think he was always meant to be a step-down famous where he was making all these art films and doing all this weird stuff and having a really good time. And then he somehow did what he did in the art films in a big blockbuster and everything changed. And he started getting all those kinds of roles. And I think he kind of got a level of fame that was not for him. Yeah. I mean, I think that level of fame is, it's amazing that it is for anyone or that anyone really handles it because you're right. It's completely, completely unnatural for human beings to experience the level of sort of fame and scrutiny and largesse and money and all those sort of things that, you know, come with it. So I agree with that. But yeah, you, I've, re- seen, I've seen uh, people win a heat of stand-up comedy in Adelaide on a Wednesday night in 2003 turn into arseholes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine like, something like really amazing happening. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, and the indulgences around you and the people working on your behalf and the sur- yeah. li- literally surreal world that you would live in. You know, yeah. it, it, it would be very hard for anyone to negotiate successful, successfully. And when people do, I don't think we pay enough attention to how well some people handle that because yeah. the more natural thing, it's like child stars. 
Of yeah. course, a whole bunch of them have been fuck ups. It's a completely yeah. unnatural thing to be doing to your children. And it's amazing that some people transition out of it in a healthy way. So, yeah. however, that all, the more entertaining that all makes sense. But <laughs> something that actually explains it <laughs> is that Johnny Depp and Hunter S. Thompson became close friends. And then when Hunter S. Thompson died, he had all these rules and instructions about like getting his ashes and firing them into space and all these sort of things. And Johnny did it. And it was all part of some sort of demonic ceremony in which the spirit of Hunter S. Thompson entered the body of Johnny Depp. And that is what has been happening since the end. Yeah. I believe in one thing. And it yeah. is that one thing. And why wouldn't you? Because the timeline makes sense. As it well. makes sense. It's, yeah, it's. It's one of those, this is how conspiracies start. Because if you look at it, you go, well, I did my own research and I've looked right. at the dates. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it I look does... at the way Johnny behaves now. It is a lot like Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> right. So you know what we need to have happen. We need to have the good spirit of Johnny Depp somehow find his way back. Yeah. And who could he get into who would be able to take on Hunter S. Depp. <laughs> oh, so he has to enter sort of yeah, like... another into- actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I love it. So who would be... Uh, so it has to be a change of personality again so that right. it is noticeable, right? So yeah. with Johnny Depp, you took someone who was a talented actor and seemed like a reasonable person and became like not very good actor and an absolute fucking nightmare as a human. Right. And so now we need the opposite. We need somebody who is publicly identified as a bit of a, like a, you know, like train wreck as a human so that when Johnny Depp enters the body, there's a demonstrable change and we can notice that it's Johnny Depp. So who is someone who's a bit of like a you know bad boy or bad girl, a bit of a wild child, a bit of somebody who has that spirit of Hunter S. Thompson about them. Russell Crowe? Do we want someone younger? I mean, I, I guess we probably do, yes. So this, is a, this isn't the answer uh, that answers your question, but just for shits and giggles, I thought Tim Tebow. <laughs> Do you know Tim Tebow, who was the really full-on Christian kid who won a Heisman Trophy and then uh, just never really made it in the NFL and then he went to baseball and then he just tried to come back to baseball and he's very much in love with God and, uh, you know, he's like there's a lot going on there. And then imagine he suddenly is Johnny Depp and he's, like really cool and he's cursing a bit and starts <laughs> wearing bangles. Yeah. <laughs> starts picks up guitar. So Timmy T Bow, are you are you jangling a lot more when you throw the ball from quarterback now? It's all these bangles. I've just started wearing a lot of bangles for reasons I can't yeah. quite explain. Tim Tebow's getting some really full on tattoos. <laughs> just, Tim Tebow, do you have a Wino Forever tattoo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just forming. He's not even putting them on. They're just right. happening as he oh, turns. Oh, yes. He just yeah. wakes up in the it's morning like the and it just says Wino Forever. <laughs> That's in the trailer. That's the first thing <laughs> when he wakes up in the morning. Yeah, I like that. I like because T- Tim Tebow to me feels like... <laughs> 
somebody that you would demonstrably see change. Yeah. Like he's a real sort of straighty 180. And, yeah. But there is public attention around him. You not yeah. overtake. It's unexpected. Like Hunter yeah. S. Thompson wouldn't see it coming. Like if it was another actor, yeah. like Hunter S. Thompson would see it coming. But Hunter S. Thompson's not looking for Tim Tebow to suddenly be possessed with the ghost of Johnny Depp. Johnny S. Thompson is not seeing <laughs> Tim Depp coming his way. Into Depp. That's what uh, the movie's called. Oh. Oh. Might be the chemicals from the shower, but my heart's racing. <laughs> Never underestimate it. It's a, it's a cheap, clean high. Oh, man. It is a clean high. It had a yeah. real clean high. Yeah. Oh, really? Like it was a clean feeling? No, no, no. No, no, no. Dirty. Really it was horrible awful. feeling. <laughs> Very chemically. Thought I was going to die. Felt like a lab leak. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like all those poor mice that they test the shampoo on. I am definitely against that now. This is awful. I've stopped using shampoo. Oh, what are you using? No, nothing. So there's a bit of Is that of a... because you're so tall none of us can smell how bad it is? <laughs> yeah. No, I wash We're it. We're all wearing masks. <laughs> I wash it regularly with, with water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but... Oh, like there's a whole bunch of theories about your hair that say if you stop watch, washing it for, um, okay, I'm going to look it up. Let's see if I can handle Googling something. Uh, all right. So let's see if I can find something about it. Um, uh, all right. Um, let's see if there's something about washing your hair. What would happen if you stopped washing your hair for a year? Oh, okay. Interesting. Business Insider Australia have uh, written an article here. So let's have a look at what they have to say about the choices that I am making. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, okay. There's a movement. Uh, so this is a transcript of a video. So I'm just going to have to read you through the transcript of the video. Narrator. How many, how many characters are there? Um, there is uh, one, two, three, four, four, four characters. Uh, if there were five, I was going to ask you to do char- different voices for all the characters, but four's not enough of a challenge, so you can just read it normally <laughs> if you right. like. Narrator. <laughs> <laughs> there is a movement that is upending shower routines across the country. Reporter one. There's a new trend in the beauty world. It's called the no-poo method. Reporter two, the secret could be not shampooing. Narrator, skip the shampoo. Your hair's better off without it. At least that's the slogan for the no-poo movement. Again, I I was hoping that I was going to find something here that would like endorse the choices that I'm making. But now that I've heard that it's called the no-poo movement... It's awful. I'm not sure that I'm on board. I'm I'm totally against it. I've checked out. I don't even know what you started reading as soon Uh, as I heard that. The no-poo movement that's got people claiming they haven't used conventional shampoo in years. And their hair looks amazing. But is this just a fad? What would happen if you didn't shampoo your hair for an entire year? To find out, we asked dermatologist... Angela J. Lamb from Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. So this is Dr. Angela Lamb. So what shampoo? <laughs> so what shampoos do mostly is they do what's called saponif- saponification. So the actual shampoo comes along and wraps around oil and dirt 
and when you rinse, it kind of comes out with a shampoo. You kind of rinse out both the shampoo and the oil and the dirt. Um, if you keep using that voice, still Saunders is going to send a cease and desist line <laughs> letter to you. I do love shampoo. <laughs> I shampoo love green guide letters. Uh, but most conventional shampoos are way too good at what they do, stripping away too much oil from your hair to the point where you start producing extra oil to compensate. As a result, after the first few days without using shampoo, your hair will look and feel way more oily than normal, especially if you have straight hair. I don't. Um, I won't do Angela's voice again. So for people that have straighter <laughs> patterned hair, what happens with patterned hair is the oils, okay, blah, 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 blah. It'll feel dirtier. After a month of no shampoo, that oil will have caught a good amount of dense skin cells, dirt, and possibly even bacteria, which can make your scalp feel itchy and even smell kind of funky. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I'd say if you go longer than a month, you may see some what you get is odour and you get some trappings of bacteria on your scalp. After six months to a year, all that gunk can clog up your hair. Okay, there's no good. This is a bad story. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm going to have coagulated hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Band no, no, no. of the 80s. She goes on to say this is mostly if you're not washing your hair at all. So I am like wetting it and rinsing it. That's fine. Right. But um, how often should you be rinsing it? So do not wash at all to use... No water, no cold washing, no detergent, no shampoo. The cutoff is just like how long's your styling pattern. But if your hair is okay, all right, okay. That uh, so nothing in that article helped me. It was all anti what I was saying, which was that your hair just kind of naturally sorts itself out. Turns out right. that's, that is incorrect. Question everything. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a long con. Just to make sure that you check in Wednesday night at eight thirty PM on your ABC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go and wash my hair. <laughs> it turns out I've got a whole bunch of shampoo that I yep. found in the cupboard, so yep. it's getting a real good old-fashioned washing. You today. need to squeeze all four different ones on your head at the same time. Oh. Well, that was disappointing. <laughs> I thought this was audacious. Like this is going. Oh, this man. is setting me up for a really big. Ta-da! Gotcha. No. Not it at all. is a great example, though, of me just having heard something and doing it rather than checking out what the research was behind it. So, Classic anyway. Ando. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always say you should uh, write or create what your biggest problem is and yours is that you don't question everything. <laughs> um, it is true. It's actually <laughs> yeah. mostly just for me. Yeah. It's like, I have found out a lot of shit. Yeah, I don't know I if other people have seen something. it on screens, but fuck me. I know a lot more than I did a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. A typical uh, Will Anderson move. You outsource it. <laughs> You've yeah. got a whole show doing it all for you. I know. Can't wait to <laughs> my next season of Will Anderson Learns French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you guys can go all go and learn French and then just yeah. bring me some condensed French. <laughs> yeah. And uh, teach me how to say it phonetically. Yeah. Just give me a gist on yeah. what give it is. Give me the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll, I'll wing right. the rest. Yeah. Oh, I'll oh. move the shoulders in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I um, uh, You were talking about like yeah, writing and, and memorizing and... Um, uh, Kirsty Weebeck 
Webeck, 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 um, who uh, is a Melbourne comedian. Yeah. Who has been oh yeah, on, yeah, yeah. On philosophy, and um, she's really fun, and she's been yeah. running these online Zoom shows during the lockdowns, oh, yes. which have been really fantastic, is what I hear. And so she hit me up the other day just to ask if I would do it, and I'm not doing any stand up at the moment because. I literally had a day last week where I had to cancel five shows that I had in yeah. my calendar. And so now I'm just at the point where I just can't – my heart – like some of those were shows that I had already rescheduled a couple of times. Like Brisbane, I have been trying to do a show in Brisbane for the last two years. And I've, right. I've put five of them on sale or something and they just – I just, you know, have not happened. And so – I'm just at the point now where I just can't. I just can't put another new thing in my diary. I can't write stand up. I can't think about stand up because it just feels like it's going to be so far away when I eventually get to do stand up. So that's fine. I kind of, you know, politely said thank you for asking, but um, you know, I just I, I can't. I can't bring myself to even think about stand up at the moment. And then, of course, you know, the day that you're having that revelation is the day that your management give you a call and say, "Hey, yeah." Uh, you think about doing the comedy festivals next year? Uh, yeah, far <laughs> out. Like, I mean, I guess we have to think about that now, but it's really hard to know. Like, now, I know what you mean. This this feels different. Last time was there was a bit of fear and trepidation going back, and because you didn't know what to expect. And when you got back, you went ah, like after your first gig. It was always so funny because everyone would just walk off stage and go, oh, what's comedy going to be like after COVID? Uh, comedy. It's still the same. It's however you want to approach it and everyone's up for it. So it's fine. Uh, this time I have uh, definitely sat here and contemplated about maybe I just won't go back this time. Maybe I won't. I'm not saying that's a definite, but it's a, it's an interesting decision to contemplate and therefore how that would redefine you as a person i don't know what i talk about like i've been i mean part of living in lockdown for so long is like do you you could talk about the news but do people want to hear about the news i think people want to hear about the news from you i certainly can't tell them about my day the best thing I had this week was that hard rubbish bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't underestimate the hard rubbish, mate. Oh, no. Dave, wait a minute. You nearly killed yourself while cleaning up. There's there's two new bits. I've nearly died a few times this year. Maybe I'll do a show about all the times I nearly died, not of COVID. Uh, all the yeah. other things that nearly killed me in the last year and a half. I've had like about four near-death experiences. Actually, that's maybe that's not bad. Ah. And then 25 minutes on why... <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson has possessed yeah. the body yeah. of Johnny Depp. Yeah, and I want you to finish on you trying to pull something up on Google Chats so you can show the audience. Oh, at the end, then, I'll do, I'll do yeah. a slideshow. I'll come back and I'm going to do I'm doing, doing one of those slideshow PowerPoint like yeah, comedy but, shows. But, but you can't get it to work. I can't get the picture <laughs> yeah. to drag over into the window. Yeah, so it literally just finishes with you saying, oh, you know what, you know what, the first Sorry. bit was good. You Thank you. What? No, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I say say performance shuffle right at the end. No, no. (laughs) No fanfare music either. So just the lights come up and the audience has to go. I think I think that just ended. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) I think he said no, no, and shuffled off. Yeah. 
<laughs> he turned he, t- he turned incredibly German right at the end. It was really bizarre. What, what, what's the statement he's making? So, uh, no, I'm all for it. I think you should do it. And I think you should do that idea that we just discussed then. Mm, okay. All right. That's my show. <laughs> I'll, 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 send, I'll send token a blurb. <laughs> yeah. Just send him this. <laughs> yeah. I've sent you a blurb. It's a link to the podcast. Skip it to the yeah. end. Skip to that bit and uh, just take it out verbatim. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be a funny blurb. <laughs> the, literally, the two of us discussing how you came up with the like just that. <laughs> yeah, what's the show about? Uh, this, I guess. <laughs> Have a listen. It might be this. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, that works for me. So, uh, uh, what what are the plans for the weekend? Have you? Do you have anything that you're? Uh, like I listened to the new, is it Halsey? Is that how you pronounce the name? Halsey, Halsey album? I believe. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, well, of course not in my demographic, but uh, it was produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And I thought, oh, I'll give this a listen. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. So I'm, inter- <laughs> I'm interested in Halsey. Yeah. Like, I don't know as much about Halsey as I probably should know, but everything that I've ever seen, I have actually gone, oh, you seem like interesting. And like, i Fun and funny, yeah. And like, I mean, beautiful. Like, really, kind of beautiful. Like, in in a whole bunch of ways. Like, the music right. is kind of beautiful, and like the performance is beautiful, and like, there's just something about it that's kind of fun and funny at the same time as well. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I I'm interested. Yeah, I would, I'm I'm definitely gonna. I did see that there was a new album out, so I thought I would check that out. Yeah, and as a Reznor fan, you'll just hear there's nothing there's nothing overpowering about it. It's her album, but you'll just hear one kind of piano note or you'll just hear a little bit of production on a certain word and you'll go, there he is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Do you know who uh, the Kid Leroy is? Have you heard of the Kid Leroy? Uh, the name is familiar. So Australian Indigenous artist, 17 or something ridiculous like oh, that, has a yeah, number yeah. one on the US Billboard's chart. Yeah. But it has like a whole bunch of songs on the US Billboard chart. Like, uh, you know, just I've been doing a bit of – just in that sort of oh, I've got to get my head around this, like what is going right. on here. And so I, bit, I did a bit of a deep dive on the Kid Leroy and I was like, I mean, incredible story. Like – for an Australian artist, an Australian Indigenous artist to be number one on the US Billboard charts, appearing on Saturday Night Live, doing collaborations with like Miley Cyrus and Bieber. And even though it's not, you know, 100% my style of music, I thought, I'll have a listen to this. And yeah, I, I quite liked it. And like certainly love the story of it. Like I think the story of it is, you know, came up through the Australian alt hip hop scene and was kind of mentored a bunch and was just this kid who was, you know, super into you know, hip hop music and had this vision and like, yeah, cool. Yeah. So I've been enjoying, been enjoying that, been enjoying like a 17 year old rapping about like his ex-girlfriend being a hoe. And you're like, this is not real PC kid Leroy, but I get the genre of music. This is yeah. That, like, yeah. you know, um, well, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, so I was discussing this with, uh, our friend, uh, Alex J recently on the, on uh, my podcast, which is the, Writing in character is different to being that person, and it's a it's a hard thing. Like I understand the debate behind it as well. It's not like it's one of those things where I come down hard on either side. But you know, I've been getting into uh, a lot of 
early, early Elvis Costello and listening to it on vinyl. And, you know, he often writes in character and he writes often about people who aren't nice. And it's like, well, I understand what he's doing, but I guess there's some people who might listen to this and go, oh, yeah, Elvis, that's right. Chicks are awful. You know, that kind of thing. Well, I had that same thought process when I was listening to Kid Leroy. I was like, because there's in like his kind of most popular song that people would have heard, there's like a line that says, you know, like something like, so here we go, yo, can't make a wife out of a ho-oh. Like, you know, it's a good rhyme. It's like a catchy little riff, but there's part of me that's like, ah, you don't really need to call women hoes. Like, you know, and also that is classic Madonna whore complex. Like, of course she can like, you know, a woman can be both a wife and like a sexual person in charge of their own agency, Kid Leroy. And then I'm like, he's 17 and he's writing in character. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It was like, oh, no, I'm about to slip into uh, AM radio. Mm. <laughs> no, I pulled myself back. I've remembered what is going on here. No, well, both. I think both can be true. Like, I mean, mm. I, like Eminem, yeah. I like Eminem's music, but there are themes that Eminem writes about even in character that I don't like. Yeah. So I think you can do both. You can like like someone and like not like all of what they do or not like aspects of what they do. And I also understand that people go, well, that aspect of what they do, like the fact that Eminem uses the F word or whatever is enough that I won't endorse or listen to anything else that he does. I also get that. That's fine. None of this is compulsory. Yes, yeah, the but uh, I'd like to see the kid Leroy when he's the man Leroy when he's grown up a little bit, right. going revisiting and going. You know what? A woman can be both a sexual person of her own agency and yeah. a, and a wife or not a wife. You know, these labels are arbitrary. I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, yo yo, <laughs> yo, yeah. <laughs> but you know that might that might be the path that he's on, and who is to uh, uh, speed him up on it? Let right. him find it. Well, that's right. He's a kid and he's a kid who grew up listening to songs that use that language and talk yeah. about. So like, you know, very much like when you start out doing stand up and you are the sum of your your influences, there's certainly an aspect to what he is doing that is clearly the sum of his influences. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested to see, you know, whereas a 20-year-old artist or a 25-year-old artist or a 35-year-old artist, what sort of you know music he might be making. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, that's the fascinating part. When it's you know, the Grandpa t- Leroy on his comeback tour 70 oh, years from now. Yeah, he goes, still you know being what? produced by Rick this, Rubin. This is my wife and my hoe. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah, that's how he introduces it. <laughs> Walk the byline. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cook oh. it. I'm going to oh, go on. Yep. Uh, no, 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 go on. What were you, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say the other thing I'm going to do today, you asked me what I'm going to do for the weekend. And yeah. I have absolutely understood, particularly doing this new show, because I've got like work to do on the show always. And, but my brain also always is just thinking about it because there's no one else here in the house. And, you know, there's no sort of you get to dinner time and you, you know, need to talk to somebody else or like whatever. So I've, I've, realize that I need to put some of those structures into my day myself. Like, you know, now that we're up and running, it'll probably is healthy for me not to be thinking about the show every single minute of the day. So today I'm going to cook a roast. Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. So, well, I mean, just roast vegetables, obviously I'm a vegetarian, but I'm going to cook like a big vegetable roast and that'll take a bit of preparation and 
I know where all my saucepans and colanders are. <laughs> so, you do. You do. You could have. Uh, you know what? I a, might strain a few things. I might. You know what? Fuck it. You could have I might a, strain more than one thing at the same time. Or you could just like each potato gets a colander. I mean, I could do that. Yeah, individually colandered. Imagine, like yeah, if- that's that's your new thing. <laughs> For thirty-seven dollars, we'll individually collar, collar it, uh, <laughs> your potato. <laughs> when euphemisms go bad, <laughs> yeah. I'm filling uh, out so- my calendars with colanders. I have a colander for every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I love my love my love my little colander boy. <laughs> What's going into the roast? Uh, so I have. Carrots, I have like, um, like you know, garden carrots, like, you know, different coloured sort of like full smaller carrots. So, I'm going right. to like... Honey, cut in half. I'm going to honey roast those. Yeah, cut them in half and maybe like, you know, just like a bit of, bit of honey late in the process. That's kind of my carrot vibe. I'm going to do a... Um, I've got cauliflower and I'm going to do... I've got some um, truffle cheese. So, I'm going to do like a cauliflower truffle cheese. Pretty simple, just like... Bit of oil, bit of truffle cheese, cauliflower, shake it all around, fry it quick. That's going to be my cauliflower. I've got some kale, two type, different types of kale that I'm going to like put in the wok and sort of like, you know, stir fry sort of the kale. I'm going to make a gravy with spinach in it. I'm going to try to get some good greens in my in my roast. So I'm going to like make a mushroom gravy with like spinach, like baby spinach in the mushroom gravy as part of it. And then I'm going to do like tiny little potatoes. So they're little round, like I got a whole bunch of little round potatoes. So I'm going to do them whole, like I boil them first and then um, put them in the fridge. I'm going to do the whole process today. I'm boiling them. I'm going to like put them in the fridge afterwards for half an hour. I'm going to put a dusting of flour. I'm going to put them in the oven. I've got potato and sweet potato and I'm going to have peas. That's my, that's my roast menu, I think. Jesus, shit, that sounds super delicious. I'm going to get delivery now. <laughs> <laughs> well, my plan is, so this is like, so what I'm going to do is like have roast for sort of like, while I watch the football this afternoon, this evening, I'm going to eat my roast. And then tomorrow I'm going to have like a, a roasted sandwich, which is my toasted sandwich with like next day leftover stuff from my roast. So like some cheese and then all the like leftover vegetables <laughs> in a toasted sandwich tomorrow. Yeah. So Ham- <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to that more than I'm looking forward to the roast yeah. I'm having today, to be honest. Th- this delicious bit that you have to get through to get to the even more delicious bit is the burden that you have to bear in this process. Yeah. So that's my weekend. What are you doing? Uh, so I just started watching the – I don't know why this show has – everything that I would want to watch in a TV show. So I don't know why it's taken me this long to get to it, but I've just started, uh, you know what? I think it's because I got the Apple TV app and then just never really thought to use it for ages. And then was like, wait a minute, there's heaps of good things on here. Uh, So I've watched the first two episodes of For All Mankind and it is Mad Men in space and it's great. Okay. Have you, do you know what the premise is? No. So... Uh, so, you know, it's the time of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, etc. blah, blah, blah. But the Russians get to the moon first. Oh. And I- I've, the first two episodes, like the first one finishes like, it honestly was going in a direction where you're going, hey, oh my God, are you about to kill off those people who in the real world did that miraculous thing? And then the second episode has a twist in it 
you know, that makes for compelling drama, but has an ending that I found to be perfect in the pitch that it upped the stakes and it made me laugh out loud. Okay, so that's on Apple TV. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, well, really got, good. I've got yesterday's Ted Lasso. I haven't watched that yet. so I haven't watched that yet either. So that'll be over the weekend at some time. I'll watch that probably today, to be honest. And then um, the other thing that I have been uh, doing, Justin, which you'll be very interested in, is I finally did it. I have downloaded a Disney Plus subscription. Oh, After all my holding it. out... Yeah. I have finally decided. I have not watched anything on Disney Plus yet, but I have like I've subscribed. I am now an official subscriber to Disney Plus. What was it, Justin? Because we played this game before that there was nothing on Disney Plus that has made me uh, think that I wanted to have Disney Plus. This show is not on yet, but they announced something that was uh-huh. coming very soon that made me go, "All right, I've, this is it. This is the thing that has got me to download Disney Plus." Do you want to guess what that thing might be? Is it Hawkeye? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it's not Hawkeye. Fuck. It is All not right. Hawkeye. I've, I've taken my best shot. Uh, <laughs> well, I know it's nothing to do with Star Wars because who gives a shit? Yep. That's, where, that's where you are with Star Wars. Um, is it Marvel? Is it something Marvel-based? It's not Marvel, but it's comic book. Uh, oh, but comic book. Yeah. Is it a movie? It is a series, I believe. Oh. Oh, I think it could only be a series. I hope it's a series. I just fucking subscribed to Disney Plus based on the fact that it was a series. Is it, is it Why the Last Man? It is Why the Last Man, of course. Right. Yes. So I am fascinated to know how they're going to make this because it was. it's one of my favourite all-time series. I love it. I've been waiting for it to come out as a series and then I read an article and something that I had just not taken into account because I have lived with it for so many years is what is not a bad thing but is inherent is the politics of it now because of what constitutes a man and a woman. Interesting. I had not thought of that either. Right. Mm. So we live in a... Like that is, that is charged. Mm. You have to get that right, because in the old story, it was just anything with an X chromosome died, and it was the women who were left. But you know, it's politics in that way. Were that they weren't bad politics by any stretch of the means, but they are not. It wasn't created in the environment that it was that we live now. Yeah, well, but what I would say is that, there. I mean, if they want to deal with that, I can imagine ways to deal with that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I I'm mean, not saying it's Entertaining the worst ways thing. to deal with that. Like, I mean, yeah. without wanting to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read the comic book, like, why may not even be the last man? Who knows? Like- right, right, <laughs> right. So the idea that you could represent somebody who identifies, like, as being a man, like, you know, yeah. but chromosomally was not or whatever I think is like a challenge that in the hands of somebody who wanted to take on that challenge they could do in a sort of respectful and interesting way well I get the impression that maybe it will be easier for Yorick to get around because of that Mm. right like you won't have to be covering yourself up so much yeah right because there'll be a, a set of aesthetic presumptions made 
I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? Like it, that is yeah. one of those things where, um, yeah, I mean, there's a depth to that storytelling that it adds, really. But it yeah. is a different story. You're right. It was it, like the original story exists in a very sort of binary world. Yeah, and it's um, you know, it's a uh, a binary world that is also a world that is you know still supercharged by the events of mm. September 11. You know, the psychic backlash that came from that event is still re- reverberating now. And now we just dream of, you know, <laughs> September 11 death count in the current right. world we live in. Oh, We're my God. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like, it's deathly quiet outside and I live on Elizabeth Street. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes yeah. no sense. You might be Jay the last man, as far as you know. <laughs> I could be. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> but I will say for the rest of the surviving women, I do listen. I'm good at listening. Yeah. And um, maybe I'll not only be the last man, I'll be the richest man. <laughs> we pay him exorbitant amounts to just listen and sit. Uh- well, Justin, it has been a pleasure to have you on this show today, of course, as it always is. Uh, can we plug Big Squid, your podcast? Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're coming up to the end of uh, this season. So I kind of like to do seasons. And then, you know, lockdown and everything just kind of blew it out. And, you know, when you you know what it's like when you just want to put some new things in, you need a bit of space. Uh, so I'm going to finish this season at like 67 episodes. <laughs> um, but uh, I've got Nick Hampton coming up. Uh, he's uh, an Australian jazz musician who lives in New York. He's releasing an album. He's got some snippets that he's shared with me. So that's fun. I'm going to finish off uh, the rewatch of The Leftovers, which I've been doing. Amy, uh, Amy Brenneman, uh, two very nice replies on Twitter for nice things that I said Ooh, about it. That made me you. very happy. Great. And then, oh, and I have to tell you, I think I even mentioned this to you on a phone call. Um, ben Elwood and I finish up our Sophia Coppola movie watch and it is by far one of my favourite podcasts because... Look, I'll, I'll just tell you now, but it's fun to listen to. I, I had, I thought the movie was fine. I thought it was well made. And for me, it was the bottom of the rung because I'm just, you know, I just didn't really dig it. But it's about a, a woman who th- suspects that her husband's cheating on her. So she, her and her father, who's played by Bill Murray, they go chasing after him to see if he's cheating, right? And it turns out that he's not. Spoiler alert. Anyway, I... Uh, at the end of the movie, because I was sitting here watching by myself and it's the second time I've seen it, I just said to myself, that guy is cheating. And it right. made me laugh and I didn't think anything <laughs> more of it. So anyway, Ben and I record the podcast and we start. And at the start, he says, so he's cheating, right? And I laughed and I told him that story. I said, without a doubt. And then Ben said to me, yeah, so what does that make you think of this scene? And we went back over the movie and added in that bit of knowledge and the movie went from for me being, it's fine, to this is a work of genius. <laughs> and, I can, and you will hear me turning as it keeps sinking in and I keep applying it to different scenes. It's like moments like, hey, those two don't have any uh, kind of – connection going on whatsoever and they're meant to be a married couple this is bad acting now you look at it and you go oh yeah they have no connection because he's cheating his ass off and she's essentially 
kind of knows it on some level, but her father was a philanderer, so now she's just going to give in and take on this guy who is a lesser version of her dad because at least he's honest. Oh, my God, this is like a work by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll finish off the season with that. Well, that sounds pretty fun. And, of course, people can watch Question Everything on Wednesday nights on the ABC. Uh, Justin is doing an incredible job helping introduce some uh, new, un- inexperienced uh, not regular TV appearers uh, onto the panel of uh, the show. And that's been incredibly rewarding for us both to be able to, you know, put some people on TV that people will will not have seen so regularly on TV. Hopefully over the next few weeks, we'll toss in a few, you know, slightly more familiar faces as well to, you know, give some of those younger faces some support in the mix. But um, They've been great too. Like I've really oh. enjoyed it. and And sitting with someone... Especially, you know what my favourite thing is, is when someone says, uh, hey, you know, for this topic here, I, I don't really have any angles on it. And it's like, yeah, there you go. There's your angle. And then you help <laughs> them explore it that way. Yeah. And it's uh, often that's where you find some of the funniest ideas to keep sloshing around in the back of your head. Well, I've been incredibly proud of the, the guests that we've had on the show because there's mm. been a couple of things. One of them is that the spirit of collaboration with each other, the idea that they're really supportive, they're not looking at this as being an opportunity where they have to compete against each other. They're really collaborating together and trying to support each other. We have no audience, so their audience is really only the other comedians on the panel and the energy they get from them. But secondly, these are a bunch of, you know, often very inexperienced people, particularly, you know, for appearing on TV. And they're appearing on this new show where we're still trying to work out 100% what we're trying to do with the show. And then, you know, throwing into the mix these brand new comedians, not only brand new in regard to television studios and being on a show, but a lot of them are not doing gigs either, right? Like they're stuck at home. They're not sharp in the way that you would ordinarily be sharp if you were doing a whole bunch of shows and stuff like that. So their capacity to come in, work together and then, you know, kind of perform on the show has been, I mean, I think it's been incredibly admirable. I've, I've loved watching, you know, the way that they've all, you know, really come to play and support each other. It's been very cool. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure she would not mind me uh, sharing this quick story because I think it just goes to show you the things you don't realise. But uh, Lauren Bonner, who did a great job on our uh, second show, she did one of our dress rehearsals. And the thing that she took from it, having never really been on a set like that before, of all the things you could take from it was wear warmer clothes. Mm. <laughs> It's quite cold. It can be quite cold in this year. It's freezing. And so, um, you know, telling, like, getting her ready for this one, (laughs) you know, Lauren and I were first like, what do you reckon? Cool jacket, uh, unbeknownst thermals, you know, little blanket on the lap, you know, just trying to work out. (laughs) water bottle. Yeah. Okay, where do we go from here? Right, now let's, uh, what are your ideas? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we need them to warm up a bit. Literally, we need them to warm up a bit. But I'm, I'm so grateful that the show, not that it ever was going to be, but I'm so grateful watching the two shows live so far that it isn't a show where people are meant to zing each other because in such a, like, for people who don't realise, uh, essentially you guys are playing to a Melbourne Fringe audience 2006 on a Wednesday night. The stage is too far away from the audience. Everyone's spread out and, you know... 
the audience We've all got masks on. And, and half of them have seen the body of the show. Like, not yeah. what the guests are going to say, but they've seen at least the body yeah. of the show in between the guests. So, yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's fair to say it's uphill. I mean, we're incredibly grateful that there's any audience at all. You know, the 12 people yeah, we yeah. have in the room, it's good to have 12 people in the room, you know. They might all be crew and staff, but it's nice to have them there. It'd be better than not having them there. But, yes, for these comedians who like you know need a wave to surf need that moment of because they don't have the experience of you know like you have kitty flanagan on the show or you know someone like that kitty will come in and she'll know what's funny and not funny regardless of what the audience reaction is but for a lot of these performers the stage they are in at their career is very much that idea of going i know it's funny if the audience laughs and if the audience doesn't laugh I think that I've told a shit joke. And that is yeah. not always the case. No, sometimes no, no. you've told a, a great joke, but those 12 people missed it for whatever reason. Oh, sometimes it's still the, a good joke. The, sometimes the joke that is told is pitched audibly at the perfect uh, uh, for TV. Yeah. But in the audience, when we're spread so far away, you don't hear it. Mm. Right, but you know, I'm I'm getting to a point now where I might have to stop sitting in on your read-throughs because I'm the only person in the audience who knows all of your stuff, but I know all of their stuff as well. Right. Oh and- yeah, yeah. You're re- you're re- absolutely at a disadvantage. I pay no attention to Jan explaining in the lead-up because that is my ninety seconds of going. Oh my god, what's happening here? <laughs> uh, well thank you Justin I hope you have a lovely weekend thank you very thank much you. for doing this no worries